Cup of tea tales, trouble at school. He's just a very naughty boy. Hare Hills County Primary, Stainbeck Preparatory, Roundy School and the Astoria Nightmare. There were several occasions when I got into trouble at school, but luckily for me they were not very serious or my crimes were not discovered. I started Hare Hills the very morning that Mr Harold Wilson, the headmaster, did. He seemed a very kind man to me and I only had to visit his office once after my initial interview. His office was disorganised that first morning and he wasn't sure which class to put me in. Classes at Hare Hills were streamed and he asked my mother about my academic ability. She was naturally a modest lady who would downplay her and her children's abilities. But she felt my elder brother had missed out because she wasn't pushy enough and so she answered that I was a very capable boy. Now, when I was age seven, I had no idea about being bright or not, so I was pleased that she thought so. Mr Wilson was impressed, but wily enough not to take my mother's word for it. He got me to read to him, and the only book he could find in his office mess was his Bible. He passed it to me and asked me to read a passage. I was a good reader, and without any worries read the page to him. This and my mother's evaluation convinced him to try me in the top class in the year. As it was, I fitted in and spent the rest of my time until 11 in the top class. I loved primary school and the teachers I had. I was in Mr Kelly's class for two years, and I know some found him intimidating, but I loved his teaching and was very happy. I feel the same about all the teachers I'd had up to high school. I've just remembered that prior to starting Hare Hills, I was in trouble at Stainbeck Preparatory School. This was for throwing my pump at Miss Cowling, my teacher. We had to change from indoor to outdoor shoes, and she told me I had someone else's pumps on. I said I hadn't, and eventually threw one of them at her. I was about five at the time, and as I was right and had my own pumps, nothing really came of it but it showed that I had a bit of a temper. Miss Blackmore was another of my teachers, and she sometimes reads these blogs. I was telling my older brother, and he commented that she was his favourite teacher as well. Mr Kelly was strict, and he could lose his temper, but we always did interesting things, and he seemed to like me. Corporal punishment was meted out at Hare Hills, but usually it was a slipper in the classroom. Occasionally we witnessed boys being caned on the stage during assemblies, but not often. I was only hit once at Air Hills, and that was for being late lining up after lunch. The teacher was young and new and was struggling to maintain discipline and overreacted to our not being lined up in class groups on time. There was a long line of miscreants after his duty, and we had to bend over in turn and he struck us a hard blow with his blackboard ruler on our bottoms. I seem to remember there were boys and girls. I don't think it was excessively painful, and it didn't scar me for life. After a lifetime in education, I realised he just didn't have the experience or the skill to deal with his class, which was one of the difficult ones. Maybe I'm just being kind, as there were teachers, certainly at high school, who enjoyed inflicting pain. The only other occasion I was in trouble at Hare Hills was when a friend and I were chasing each other around the cloakroom after school 
and the caretaker caught us. He was very angry and told us to be in school at 8am and outside Mr Wilson's office. I was mortified. I'd never really been in trouble before. The caretaker made it clear that he would see us caned for our wickedness. I worried about this all night and I hardly slept, as I was so upset. In the morning I was there, as was my friend, waiting for our appointment with Doom. The caretaker arrived and went in to see Mr Wilson. After a short while he came back out and Mr Wilson said as he left, Leave it with me, I'll sort it. We were called in and stood there, heads down and lips trembling. Mr Wilson addressed us with a smile on his face. He said that the caretaker had told him what had happened and that we shouldn't play in the cloakrooms. With a grin on his face, he told us to go and have a good day. I couldn't believe it, our luck. Life seemed fair after all. I wasn't always guiltless. On the way home, I walked along the Hare Hills parade of shops, and there was a greengrocer's shop with fruit and vegetables displayed out the front of the shop. On one occasion, I looked at the succulent apples, and I was tempted. I picked one and hurried away. I enjoyed eating it, but there was a pang of guilt. The next day, I was considering doing the same when a voice shouted, Oi! I almost ran away, terribly worried I'd been caught. I certainly learnt from that and never tried it again. At Roundy, though, there was a wider range of punishments for the breaking of school rules and a wider range of people who could inflict these upon you. There was widespread corporal punishment, slipper and caning, but there were also detentions. These could be school detentions issued by teachers or prefects' detention, and these were given and supervised by the prefects. School detention was originally on Saturday mornings, but that changed, I think, after my first year to after-school detentions. The other, more widely issued punishment was lines, and again both staff and prefects could give them. Before I started Roundy, I felt that prefects giving punishments was unfair, and I'm still of the same mind. There were many students who loved the power over younger boys and gave lines and detentions with very little rationale, apart from the fact that they could and that they enjoyed it. One of the main reasons for getting into trouble at Roundy was the uniform. Not wearing a cap in public, eating in uniform in public, not wearing your tie in public were all punishable by school detentions. I fell foul to one rule I'm not even sure existed. I was on the soldier's field after school and was full of energy and was swinging on the branch of a tree. That was a crime most terrible, apparently, and I can't remember which teacher saw me, but I was accused of vandalism and bringing the school into disrepute. I professed my innocence, but to no avail. I was to report to Finger's office, Headmaster Lover, First thing the next morning for a caning. Once again I was incensed by the travesty of justice. But I didn't mention it at home. If I had, my parents would have told me that I deserved it and I would have been in even more trouble. Another sleepless night followed. All my life I've preferred to deal with unpleasant incidents straight away rather than wait. The delay is agony. Even as a headmaster, I would rather see the parents straight away if there was a problem than make the appointment a day or two later. The next morning I was waiting in full view of the school outside Mr Glover's office. 
staff and students would walk past knowing you were in trouble and what the likely punishment would be. The embarrassment was painful enough and the wait seemed an eternity. I saw Mr Morris, the deputy head, go into the office and a few minutes later out he came. He spoke to me there and then. Apparently Fingers, Mr Glover, was too busy to deal with me and Mr Morris had been given the task. He asked what I'd done and I told him honestly. I think his words were, Not the biggest crime in the book. Don't do it again. He smiled and with that I was dismissed. Never had a day seem better than that one did. When I first started teaching in 1976, schools still had corporal punishment, but it was soon to be outlawed. I was in a very large comprehensive school and caning was done under very strict rules. I was asked by the housemaster to witness one or two canings. The boy would be brought into the office. His offence was described. This was then written into the punishment book as was the number of wax. He was asked if he agreed to take the punishment. If he said yes, he signed the book, and I had to countersign, and then he received his punishment. If he refused, he was suspended from school and could only return with his parents, where he would then be caned. This seemed very cold, impersonal, and I found it disturbing. My head of house likewise didn't enjoy it, but it was part of his job. I have slippered a child, but I hated it and was very pleased when it was outlawed. There was one incident that I will finish with that illustrates the impact that embarrassment can have and a more enlightened approach by a member of Roundy staff. I'd been drinking in pubs from the age of 14, so by the time of this story I was an established pub-goer. This wasn't unusual during the early 1970s. I only know of two people who were ever charged with underage drinking. They were quite young and young-looking and were unfortunate to be sitting in a pub in Leeds when there was a raid. I believed they received fines. I've mentioned it before, but I always looked older than I was, so never had any problem. Several of my friends had met at Pete's Cellar in Hare Hills. There were about four of us. Pete, John, Roger and me. They were all a year or so older than me and I was the only one from Roundy School and I was in the lower sixth. We decided to go for a drink in the keyhole bar that was underneath the Astoria ballroom on Roundy Road. Anyway, we were kitted out in our trench coats, flared jeans, t-shirts, long hair and whatever else was the fashion of the day. We walked in, stood at the bar and ordered our pints. I'd just taken a sip when I turned around to look at the tables for a place to sit. I was struck by horror. Twenty roundy staff were sitting at the tables. I nearly choked on my pint, and I think I spilled some. It must have been a staff night out. I'm not sure who was most surprised, me or the teachers. Leslie's head of the sixth form was the first to react. He was always a man in control, and he walked over to me and whispered, when you finished your drink, you should probably leave. My friends were a bit nonplussed, but I explained the situation, and within a remarkably short time, we finished our drinks and headed for the door. I can only surmise that as Mr Lees had dealt with the issue, then the other teachers felt the matter was closed. Nothing more was ever said or done. Of course, my friends thought it was hilarious, and it made their night. 
but I was mortified. If you enjoy my tales, then you might be interested in knowing that there are two collections of them. The first, A Cup of Tea Tales, The Early Years, and the second, Another Cup of Tea, The Teenage Years. Both are available as paperback from Amazon and ebooks from Kindle. Mm-hmm.